Hey everybody, this is the Foxworthy Podcast. Survivor Week 2 is going to be this episode, so make sure you're caught up. We're going to talk about second person voted out. We're going to talk about what's coming up and everything from Survivor so far this season, so enjoy that. I do want to note our Denis Villeneuve series is all done. I mean, not all done. we got to talk some Blade Runner 2049, obviously, but I put a link roundup on the website, thefoxworthypodcast.com, this morning. So you can find everything you need, all of our podcasts, all of our writing that's done already. It's like eight hours of content, all the Denis Villeneuve movies. It's it's good stuff. Go check that out. Follow us on Twitter, at FoxworthyPod. Review us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever it might be. And uh, yeah, enjoy Survivor and enjoy Blade Runner 2049. We'll be back to talk about it soon, and we'll be back to talk about Survivor next week. Here's me and Ty Common's Survivor Week 2. Hit it, Levi! Welcome to the Foxworthy Podcast. We're back. Survivor Week 2. Heroes vs. Healers vs. Hustlers. I'm a Wild Banshee. Episode 2. That's the name of it, at least. Anyway, I'm Taylor Gaines, and I'm here, as always, with my partner in island crime. Nobody wants to go to his birthday party. It's Tyler B. Commons. I don't think that could be any more creative than us running around on an island causing criminal activity. But I think Joe might have something to say about it because he is a force to be reckoned with. Are now. you talking about Joe Del Campo? We'll find out about that in a little bit. Joe Del Campo? No, I'm talking about talking about our boy Joe on this season. I don't have his last name right in front of me. Yes, I do. It's Joe. Oh, oh I thought you were saying Maybe. if we were running around doing crime on the island, Joe Del Campo would be mad because he's an FBI agent. Oh, he would be all over our butts because he's got our Skype numbers now. So <laughs> I got to watch out what I say. He knows where we live. I mean, here's where you live. <laughs> I guess three or four weeks ago, I told everybody exactly where I live. So yeah, that's true. You said he also has access. You said it was seven two seven Northwest Allen Street. Uh, yeah, Northwest Allen Street in New York, New York. And was the last um, four of your social security two two five three? Was that right? No, no, no. It was two two five. All right. Uh, that's all I needed. Okay, good. Glad we got that out of the way. All right, let's talk some Survivor. Speaking of knowing where you live, <laughs> we know where Simone Wynn doesn't live now on the island yeah, our... with everybody else. Yeah. Sadly, Simone left too little, too soon. She got her first line and her last line all in one episode, which makes me a little sad because she was the darling of the podcast to start what us off. What a bummer, man. Had such high hopes for her after her quotes and such. I actually have a story later in the episode about <laughs> an interaction with Simone that you or I may have had or may have not had. We'll talk about it. We've talked. We have talked to Simone. When we'll did talk that about happen? it later. Did just, you tweet at just, her? Just stay, stay seated. We'll, we'll get to it. Now, before I wait with bated breath. Before we get into our typical shenanigans here, give me your tweet length thought on. Simone wins exit from Survivor season 35. Simone, you broke my heart, but even more than that, you broke our fantasy league. 
hashtag Triple H 2K17. Interesting. We'll talk about the Fantasy League in just a second, so you can expand on that thought. But my thought, actually, I have a lot of thoughts about Simone, but my tweet-length reaction is more generally, well, guess we're doing old-school Survivor. We'll get into that. Also, and before we get to our favorite weekly segment, let's knock out a couple things. Fantasy Survivor, I will update the standings at the end of the episode, but... I did want to point out that we are really good at judging people, Ty. I think we've gotten so much better than when we first started our fantasy league five years ago and it evolved into the joy that is Foxworthy Podcast Survivor Edition. Simone, I kind of had pegged. Even though she was entertaining, I kind of had her pegged for where she sat. No, neither of us put points on her last week, which was stupid. But 17th. In the draft was Katrina Radke. 18th in the draft, Simone Wynn. So our last two picks were the first two out. So that's good judgment if you ask me. So with Katrina and Simone out, we are each left with eight people. I have Jessica Johnston, Cole Metters, Chrissy Hoffbeck, Ben Driebergen, Joe Mina, J.P. Hilsebeck, Devin Pinto, and Mike Zahalski. Four healers, three heroes, and one hustler. You have four hustlers. Ryan Ulrich, Allie Elliott, Lauren Rimmer, Patrick Bolton. And two heroes, two healers. Desi Williams, Rourke Luskin on the healers. Alan Ball, Ashley Nolan on the heroes. So still pretty strong teams left, huh? I still feel good. I mean, considering our bottom two are gone, I think Yeah, that's great. I don't feel too bad as far as my survivor hopes this season. Also... Your second to last pick was Patrick, and he was the other option tonight. So we'll get into all that. But on the other end of the coin, let's talk about our favorites from this week. Give me your top three power rankings. Bum, 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 bum. Bam, bam. Top three coming in. Number one. No, I'm going to go reverse order. Does that work for everybody? <laughs> everybody? I think. Does that work? Everybody? I'm waiting. Okay. They're, they're, they're heard- nodding vigorously. Out in Cyberland, I heard you guys all agree. Number three, I've got Allie. I think Allie's doing some great things over there on the Hustler Tribe. She has control of the game, and she has control of Patrick. I put Allie number one. Did you really? I did. My methodology is basically whoever was the best in that week, but also put themselves in the best position overall. She was easily the best in this episode. She seemed like she was in control of the Hustlers tribe and in control of Patrick, obviously, which is key to this episode in particular. But she was very casually kind of working everybody and having casual conversations. And towards the vote, they showed her talking with Ryan, too. And if if she's got Ryan under control, then look out. Yeah, that's interesting you say that because uh, when I was watching and I took notes, I actually said... Um, And we'll meet halfway. We'll both do our number twos right now. I got Ryan slash Devin as my number two because in an episode a lot about some coupling, I thought these two did really well to continue to secure their position. But also I actually wrote down Ryan owned Tribal because I think anytime, at least the edit made it look, anytime the conversation started to go awry and... People weren't sure what they were thinking or how they were feeling. Ryan was like, hey guys, let's let's get it back on track. I think 
I think, um, you know, X, Y, Z. And people were like, yeah, X, Y, Z. That sounds great. So I thought he did a fantastic job. Um, and just because he and Devin are so much aligned, that's where I got them at number two. Brian does seem to be in, in control in more of a psychological way. Simone in her Hollywood Reporter interview said that everybody is super charmed. Actually, her quote was, well, obviously everybody is super charmed by Ryan, which is interesting to think about. He clearly is funny. Like He obviously he has a lot of great lines that make it onto the show. It's interesting to think that he might be playing everybody and just sort of drawing everyone in socially and kind of subtly taking control. My number two, though, because I didn't cheat and put two people, <laughs> is Joe. I put Joe Mena number two because he found an immunity idol, frankly. And he found it with a guy who seemed a little too clueless to realize what he should have done <laughs> when <laughs> Joe showed him the clue. So I got a little concerned for Cole. We'll talk about that later. But Joe, pretty much just by virtue of finding the immunity idol, made it into my top two. I feel like that's obviously really powerful. Yeah, I almost had him. I didn't actually put him in my top three. I don't think he's necessarily crafty enough to... I think he's in a good spot because he has the idol, but I don't think he's someone who people are looking to align with align with right away. And Cole almost seemed like, to me, he was going to use that against Joe. So that's why Joe didn't crack my top three, even though he found that idol. You know who is crafty enough? My favorite, my winner pick... I'm going to keep saying this because it has worked every season so far. Chrissy Hoffbeck, she had a fantastic segment at the beginning of the episode where she was like, I'm going to analyze the situation and figure out who I should align with. And it showed her talking to each person on her tribe and deciding that she should work with Ben. That puts her in such a great position over there. And they keep alluding to the secret idol she wants to like hold on to and use eventually. They also had Ryan give a quote about it during the immunity challenge. So they're obviously going to get together at some point or else they wouldn't have cut away from an immunity challenge to show him talking about that. So very optimistic about her and Ryan's long-term chances, at least for the next few weeks until there's a tribe swap or a merge or something. So I feel great about her. My winner pick, Chrissy Hoffbeck. So she's your number one or she's your number three? Number three. Okay, she's number three this week. That makes sense. I could see that. I actually, since I went opposite order, my number one was Ben, her other half. I just think that he is the one that's in control of their little duo. I think, well, he's the face of that duo, if we want to put it that way. You know when you talk about um, a king is the figurehead, but the queen holds the neck? I think we maybe have one of those situations because... (laughs) That the segment, the little montage thing you're talking about where she was using her um, audit skills. Is she an auditor? That's not the right word. Actuary. Come on. An an actuary using her actual skills. It did make her look strong and powerful, but I think she is going to do it from behind the scenes, which I don't know if that gives you, I'm looking way ahead. I don't know oh, if that I gives you as saying. strong an argument at the end. I think Ben being out in front makes him the lead guy on that. But yeah, I totally agree. She's in a good spot, but that's why I put Ben at number one, and she didn't quite make my list this week. And Ty's winner pick, of course, was Desi, who had a brief scene this week talking about yeah. being Miss Virginia or something. Yeah, so. very minor, but I still like her shot and her chances. So let's move into our favorite segment on our season 35 podcast, 
It's time for the Sunday Survivor Second. This is Sunday from Millennials versus Gen X. All right, that's your Sunday Survivor Second. I thought it was awesome. She, I like the way she analyzes the game, having been out there. She has like a lot more knowledge to go on than me, who sits in an office with three computer screens and reads and watches the episode multiple times. Like, she was there. She was in it. The heat of the moment. She understands. I don't understand. I'm just glad she doesn't uh, mind devoting such a short amount of time to us every week. I'm going to beat that joke like the horse you talked about earlier. Here it is, the full Sunday Survivor Second. This is Sunday from Millennials vs. Gen X with my hot takes from Episode 2 of Survivor. I'm just going to say Triple H because I can't say those three words quickly. First of all, poor Patrick. Patrick has crabs. Well, no, he doesn't have crabs. He's scared of crabs, though. Which is funny because we had a giant crab climb up on Will Wall in the middle of the night and scared the crap out of us. Kudos to Lauren for not being afraid of crabs. And can I just say I love her accent and I really hope Allie works with her. Second, Ben and Chrissy forming an alliance. Perfect. Reminds me a little bit of myself and Mr. Brett LaBelle. Next, the two favorite lines from tonight were both from Ryan the Bellhop. First one, Simone is weird. Now, this is hilarious coming from Ryan, but I thought it was great. Secondly, this tribal council is like being at the birthday party of a kid you don't like. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, that is 100% true. And there's so much pressure in tribal council. I really did actually feel bad for Patrick. Let's go back to the immunity challenge for a second. First of all, that was awesome. Second of all, I think I had a panic attack watching them trying to get the puzzle pieces through the cage. And third of all, they really could have used Katrina, their Olympic swimmer, for that challenge. But, oh well, she's gone. I think the tribe made the right choice sending Simone home tonight. I kind of thought she was going to be the first boot. Seems like a great girl. I loved when she complained about there not being any air conditioning on the island. (laughs) That was funny. But you got to keep Patrick around for a little bit of strength, at least until you get to the swap. So those are my hot takes. Can't wait to see what happens next week. See you later. Crab jokes for days from Sunday Burquest for Millennials vs. Gen X. I should tell her, I, I, I should, uh, Lauren actually is a fisherman, so she works with crabs, I believe. And that's why she didn't have any issues with that. But I do want to jump off what she's saying about the immunity challenge really quickly before we get into tribal. Cause I think I actually disagree with Sunday here. I thought this was not an interesting immunity challenge. And the reasoning is when the puzzle is something that the audience can't tell when someone is close to winning, it's kind of like, what's the point? Like we're just watching them spin it and it's like, Oh, they got it or they didn't just kind of like, uh, it's not enjoyable for me to not know where the finish line is. Yeah, that's an interesting take. I am on the same page with Sunday. I actually liked this immunity challenge because early on we got a puzzle included. And I feel like puzzles are normally reserved for later on. But the puzzle partly determined Simone going home. She admitted it. She's like, I wasn't very good. I think they actually had her step down at one point and just said... Just watch. Yeah, they basically just told her, like, hey, you should just watch. And she was like, yeah, I'm just going to (laughs) watch. Yeah. So, I know, she probably shouldn't have been that excited. But, 
Yeah, at the beginning, I thought that was a, an interesting thing. It would have definitely been bad had someone's hand got caught and we had and a drowning situation or something. A drowning situation. And they were first there. The hustlers were first to the puzzle by a long shot, it seemed. So bad loss. And like last week, the way Simone describes it in interviews, at least, she just didn't fit in as Katrina didn't with the heroes, with her tribe. And... They voted her out, and plus they didn't want to vote out Patrick, who's basically their strongest member, uh, along with Devin, who, by the way, according to Simone, left immunity with bruises all down his side from that challenge somehow. So, Well, I missed that. It wasn't on TV, I don't think, but that's what she said happened. It's interesting, though. The vote at Tribal was a classic survivor debate, basically, between do we vote out the physical person or the person who will be loyal. And the reason I mentioned old school versus new school at the beginning of the podcast is this felt like a really old school move because in the old days, you just vote out the weak people. I would have preferred to see them vote out Patrick in this instance because I don't think he has much game, really. And Mm -hmm. he, he is clearly a problem with the tribe, especially with Lauren who finally got some screen time this week, which was cool. And frankly, he just likes being on TV way too much, and I just was annoyed by him. Yeah, he seems like a little much to handle, but at the same time I was watching this, I was thinking, okay, they've been on the island five, six days. Is he going to be able to sustain that high energy level? If he makes it today, 15, day 20... Is he going to be as energetic and annoying? Is he going to be able to bring that energy? Simone said he would get up in the middle of the night and howl. Yeah, I did. I read that and I was a little bit confused, but he's out there just having a good time. You know, you don't want to judge a book by its very pale red haired cover. He bothered me. Now, he's on your team, so you can have him. The episode did frame Simone more as like a city girl who was uncomfortable in the wild. I mean, what did you make of how fascinating she was in the preseason and how many hot takes she had about every person? And then she got on the island and was just like, hmm, guys, I I haven't gone to the bathroom in four days. Guess I'll go poop in the ocean. Oh, look, I pooped in the ocean. And like, it was funny, but I guess I was expecting more of a biting character. No, see, I went the opposite way. I was super excited when we first found out all the um, the judgments just from looking at a picture and the things she was saying. But the longer it went on, the more I realized I was like, I'm pretty sure this girl is just out there and feeling a little insecure and a little scared. And she's just saying things that because she doesn't have the filter. I think she was so uncomfortable. She didn't know how to filter herself anymore. You know, like... People walk around and want to say stuff about other people all day, but they never do. And when she was out there, I think she just let it fly. But in the back of my mind, I was like, I think I mentioned this in our third preview podcast. I think I said, I'm pretty sure she's going to be a flop, not only from the game standpoint, but I think personality. I think I framed it as we hyped her so high, like she can't be that good. But I also... I think I saw through the facade that she was throwing up. Fair enough. Here's what she said, by the way, about how all of her preseason quotes. For two or maybe three people, 
I was wrong. Everybody else, I stand by it. Am I supposed to feel bad? It's a game. Don't take it personally. What else can I say? I don't think she feels bad. I don't think she has to feel bad. I just think that she's a lot easier sitting in a comfortable air-conditioned room at Ponderosa talking one-on-one to an interviewer than she is out in an uncomfortable situation. Trust me, I come from that, and I'm not saying she is, but I come from that quiet, introverted reflective kind of personality that has a whole ton to say when they're comfortable, but you put me out in a tribe of six to eight people who I've literally never met and know nothing about, I'm probably going to be quiet for five or six days till I get to know these people. And I think she's just the same way. Let's let Simone, queen of the aqua dump, the fish cutting, and the wanting air conditioning outside, I guess. Let's let her leave in her own words. Wednesday night, when the show aired, at Foxworthy Pod, the Foxworthy Podcast Twitter account, I tweeted, this was me, I guess this is a giveaway, I tweeted, hate to say it, but Simone was a huge disappointment from preseason interviews to out in episode two without much character, at Simone win, hashtag survivor. And then (laughs) she responded and said, sorry, period. Wow, the one word... Go tuck yourself in response. She went right at me. Simone is sorry. I don't really have any other thoughts on the Hustlers. I think we talked about Patrick and Allie and Ryan and Devin. What did you think of Lauren getting a little more screen time this episode? I thought that was good. Um, I think Lauren, the fact that Allie listened to and respected Lauren's opinion on Patrick shows how unlikable and difficult Patrick might be. And I think it also maybe hints at some staying power for Lauren. I'm saying that, but holding back because, you know, she might be voted out next week in a blind side they didn't show from the next week on Survivor. But um, yeah, I like that her opinion's being validated and she has some say in her tribe. All right, yeah, so that's that for the Hustlers. Five to one was the vote for Simone, our second person out. So Katrina Radke, gone. Simone Wynn, gone. Let's run through the other two tribes really quickly. I don't have a ton of thoughts this week. Oh, one other thing. I feel like I can trust most of the people here. Did you make anything of that? Was that Simone that said that? Or Lauren? That was Patrick. Oh, oh, his tribal moment. You're right. I think he just speaks before he thinks. I'm very guilty of that all the time. Um, so I, I get it. I don't think he meant anything by it. I, maybe that's completely wrong because um, I bet people probably analyze my speech and think more of things that I say in passing. But, you know, I don't, I don't think it was a big moment. He's just a, he's a mover guy and now he's on TV acting crazy. You know, I, don't, I can't really say a whole lot. I didn't want to go back to Patrick, but we forgot to mention that. The... Other two tribes quickly before we get out of here. The healers want immunity again. They got a fishing kit. Heroes got second, got a smaller fishing kit. So good for those two. Can we pause for one second real quick? Before the immunity challenge, they specifically showed every tribe out in the ocean spearfishing. What did they need a fishing kit for? Did that strike you or did that like... It didn't make any sense to me because everyone has it. Catching better fish dude they were eating lobster when was the last time you ate lobster crab dog 
No, didn't uh, Cole bring in a giant lobster? On a, was it Cole? I can't remember. I swear you know what? they brought in a lobster. I don't know. I will say I appreciated the opening montage at the Hustler Beach, showing a little bit of survival action. I asked for it last week. They gave it to me this week. They listen. They're listening to us. Oh, for sure. There can't. There's only like three Survivor podcasts, right? Anyway, on the Heroes Beach, we talked about Chrissy already. That was actually pretty much all that happened. We did get a little JP monologue, which is always great. You know, uh, I'm just out here. I'm, uh, you know, trying to catch some fish and stuff. And, uh, you know, if, uh, like if, if me and Ashley are going to be a pair, we might as well like be, be like a pair. Am I right? You know, and stuff. And uh, it's just uh, just out here to uh, get the job done and uh, uh, go and uh, win the game. And uh, that's uh, the way things go. That's just uh, the way it is. Wasn't that great to have JP just drop in? Oh, that was him? Oh, sorry. I yeah, didn't, sorry. I, didn't I know see our video, video cut out feed. for a second there. But yeah, uh, he just uh, he, he said he would come do the podcast for a minute with us. So that's very nice of him. Meanwhile, on the Healers Tribe, the dominant tribe, feel great about them so far. We talked about the immunity thing. I did think stupid play by Cole. When he knew what the clue meant, he shouldn't have said anything. He should have said, huh. That does look like a raft. And then gone and got the idol himself. But instead he's like, oh, you know, I just like to help people, you know. And I, I just wanted to keep helping him. And, you know, it costs him because now he's not going to have the idol. It does look like he won't be able to keep the secret. But I don't know. Just wasn't impressed by that. Kind of seemed like an airheaded move by him. Yeah, I kind of liked the move because he has the power over Joe who's already kind of a paranoid person. Um, So I'm interested to see if Joe can hang on to his sanity out there um, because we got a preview and Cole tells Jessica, correct? No, yeah, in the the preview he says something to her about it and then she kisses him on the cheek. And then I can only assume that right after the scene cuts away that he just turns to her and they just start making out right afterward. I mean, probably, but they're editing it for, you know, family friendliness. Oh, are they on the same beach as Millennials versus Gen X? I think so. They've filmed the last few seasons in Fiji. I know, but I just feel like, do you remember there was like that little sandbar and it walked out and there was a mountain? I feel like they're not showing us any of the same (laughs) angles, but I feel like they're at the exact same location. Oh, they're trying to like hide it? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really noticed that. The only other thing I wanted to mention from the healers is... The Cole and Jess thing that we were just talking about, what's strange about it to me, and I was a big Jessica fan preseason. Obviously, my thoughts haven't changed that much on her, and this is why. She is not really getting anything to say during all of this. Like, he's going on about how (laughs) his, his funny monologue about how, man, she's 30, so she probably thinks I'm way too young at 24 or whatever. And we're not getting any confessionals with her as to how she feels about this whole thing, which is weird. Maybe they're leaving the door open for her to just walk into a confessional and be like, yo, I've been playing Cole so hard. I mean, I don't know. Why aren't they showing her? I think that would be one of the greatest twists ever. But at the same time, (laughs) I think she's really into it, too. And maybe you don't because there's three separate tribes. They got to worry about airtime in a you know, 42 minute episodes, you can't show every little thing you want to show. So as long as they get that power couple shown, which power couples was basically the theme of this episode, even uh, Jeff Probe said it in an interview that he had, 
what with Ben and Chrissy, Jessica and Cole, and weird Patrick Alley, sort of, and Devin Ryan. But anyways, the as far as the Cole Jessica, I think they are in a good position. I think she'll get more airtime. It definitely looks like next week she's going to get more airtime. But if she turns out to be a villain and a heartbreaker, that would just add another layer to this season. This great season that we've had so far. That would be another great moment. This was an okay episode, I thought. The Not as good as the first one, but I appreciate the editors sort of building up to immunity in a way where it kind of feels like any tribe can lose. I do want to say, we didn't talk about this when we were talking about tribal, which we probably should have, but it's a bummer that Patrick and Allie went to college together because, like I was talking about, Allie seems like she's in control and making some of the decisions over there, and I just don't think that that vote would have been as sure of a thing if they didn't know each other because you're out there, you don't know anybody, you don't know who to trust, so of course you're going to trust this guy you knew. And it just sucks that that's impacting the game, and I wish one of them would just get out so that I don't have to think about it anymore. See, I kind of feel opposite. I don't know. They haven't shown her explaining to him because Patrick might not have any idea from what uh, we were talking about their preseason interviews Allie's the one that remembers. So I don't know if that really... Well, Simone said that he like helped her move into her apartment or something. So I, I think they're just hiding it. And I think the producers just don't want us to, quote-unquote, know, even though it came up in preseason interviews. So I, I, don't, I think they both know. I think it's not, great, not a great look for the show that this happened. Yeah, you think that was just when they were in the casting process, they were like, yes, yes, oh, shoot. They went to college together. Like, it just kind of sneaked in. Yeah, I think somebody's losing their job over this. Uh Uh-oh. Jeff has to walk in, and he says, the tribe has spoken, and he snuffs out their computer. Speaking of Jeff, before we get out of here, do you have a Jeff Probst moment this week? He didn't show up until 21 minutes into the episode. Did it really take that long? That's kind of cool. Yeah, I counted. I kind of like that. Yeah, he was in the, obviously it's at a challenge, because that's where all of his great work comes out. And I can't. I think it was when they were down to the puzzle and someone on the Hustler tribe kept messing up, <laughs> probably Simone, and he was like, if it were easy, it would not be Survivor. That's my Jeff. That's the best Jeff I got. I just love how he trash talks the competitors when he's out there. Yeah. I actually wrote down the same quote. If it were easy, it would not be Survivor. 39 days, 18 people, one Survivor. He really is, like, so enthusiastic. It's crazy. Um, It's almost, like, fake. It almost seems fake, but I don't think it is after all these years. So I think that's about everything. Before we get out of here, let's get our picks for next week. I will tell you that week two, as we discussed last week, we picked Patrick, Ashley, and I picked Mike, and you picked Joe. Those were the four people our points went among. So no points for Simone. And I have more healers than you. And since they won again, I got a few more points. So the standings after week two, I am still in the lead. I had four healers, so eight points for immunity, three heroes, three points for that, 11 points total. Tie with two healers, four points, two heroes, two points, that's six. And like I said, neither of us picked Simone for some reason now in retrospect, I guess. They made it seem so obvious from, like, the first shot of this episode. Anyway, I got 11, Ty got 6, 
That gives me 28 and Ty 19. The gap is widening, but that's okay. I'm predicting a strong <laughs> week from my team coming up next. All right, so who you got points on this time? This time, I'm going to do four on Patrick again. I don't know that Allie's going to protect him. I am also going to do four on Allen Ball. If that tribe loses, he's definitely out. And then for the healers, I would love to put points on Joe, but we all know Joe's not going to go home. So I'm going to put... That's what we think. That's what we think. He could, he could hold on to it, which people have walked out with idols in their pockets before. <clears throat> Ty. I am going to send... <clears throat> Tyler B. Collins. Yeah, that Ty. Not Ty Trang. I'm going to put two points on Rorark. Rorark. It's definitely just Rourke, but okay. I can't... I struggle with R's, so I'll just say uh, Miss Luskin. Um, okay, so you got four on Patrick, four on Alan, two on Rourke. I am going to also put some points on Patrick. It feels like too obvious of a pick after this week, so I'm just going to say three points on Patrick, three points on Ashley, four points on Dr. Mike. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go. Where we park the Escalade? Escalade? Yeah. Is that a reference? It's Am a... I lost? What What day is it? Oh, Medivac, Joe Del Campo. Oh, Medivac, Katrina Radke. Fair. From Ponderosa back to America. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's all I got for this week. I am very tired. This has been an interesting season so far. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Now that we got the... Bottom two of our draft out. We will see what happens next. Yeah, this season's going well. It's exciting. There's a lot of people that I like left, which is good. You never want to have a season where you don't like the people in it. So I think they get a, did a great job this time. And with that, Tyler B. Commons is signing out. My wish is just that they don't flip the tribes up too soon. I'd actually really like to see it just go all the way down to like one person on a tribe. That would be great, but they'll never do that because they can't help themselves. So we'll see what happens. Survivor week three next week. Katrina's out. Simone's out. We are down to 16. Foxworthy Podcast.